1: Welcome to the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on SiriusXM, Channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein. It's a busy morning. I know a lot of you crazy people. If you're listening here on Degenerate Radio, Sports Grid Radio, you know that you were up at 4:35 a.m. here on the East Coast watching the British Open. There's live odds up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We had back-to-back days Tuesday, Wednesday with some great cappers coming on to give you some plays. So good luck as we approach the weekend for the British Open and the PGA. We had the NBA Finals last night. It was game four. The Milwaukee Bucks even up the series another comeback don't forget the Bucks were the team that came back down to nothing on the Brooklyn Nets end up beating the best team quote-unquote based on the odds in the NBA now the Bucks climb back again with two wins at Pfizer forum Even series, a lot moving in the odds market. Major League Baseball is also back tonight with the rivalry, the Boston Red Sox on the road at the New York Yankees. Somehow the Yankees are favored at home, and we don't even have a pitcher for the Yankees yet. Let me welcome in my co-host, Ben Stevens. He's going to break it all down with me this morning. Ben, good morning to you. Happy Thursday. And I know you got a long weekend this weekend, so uh, I hope that you're ready to make some money today
2: a long weekend full of tons of golf five rounds over the next four days people are calling it the major championship here stateside because we have the major championship in the open championship happening across the pond at royal st george's in england jordan spieth right now ariel the leader tied with louis oosthuizen at five under par right now live you look at jordan spieth's odds in the FanDuel sportsbook plus 480 he was plus 1400 entering the tournament ESPN.com's David Bierman on Tuesday's show here on the morning after said he is picking Speeth to win it outright. Cam Rogers also going with Speeth yesterday to finish in the top 10. A great start for Jordan Speeth, the former champion golfer of the year and open championship winner way back a couple of years ago. So already live early action happening in the open championship. It was a live game for last night. Ariel at the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee. Chris Middleton game stepping up huge
1: for the Bucs. Chris Middleton, also uh, 40 like points. I feel like I've had a
2: great career so far. You know, every year I feel like i advance
1: my game. And, uh, you know, as an organization, we take a step forward most of these years that I've been here. Um, as far as the other stuff, I really don't care about. Um, I, with myself, um, with this organization, it's all about taking a step each day in the right direction. Chris Middleton puts up a 40-piece last night, yet he's not making the story about him, Ben. The Bucks end up getting the win, 109-103. They cover a 4.5-point spread just barely by the skin of their teeth. This game stays under the total as well, yet you look at what Chris Middleton's been able to do, it's Middleton mania for sure. Chris Middleton stepping up when it matters. Game 6 against Brooklyn, 38 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Game 7 against Brooklyn, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He had at least 30 points in Game 6 against Atlanta and Game 4 against Phoenix. Middleton's been stepping up his game whenever he's needed. Ben, Even though Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably going to get all the credit because he came back from that hyperextended left leg, People thought he wasn't even going to play the rest of the playoffs. Giannis is the all-star. He'll probably get MVP if the Bucks end up winning the finals. Yet Chris Middleton's just that player that it probably wouldn't have gotten done without him.
2: Oh absolutely not and Chris Middleton takes a lot of slack throughout most of these series when he has a bad game and maybe rightfully so but last night Chris Middleton stepping up in a huge way like you mentioned 40 points Ariel scored 10 of the Bucks' final 12 points in those final two minutes of the fourth quarter as we welcome in our sports grid radio audience here to the morning after our number one at Sirius XM channel 204 the mightier 1090 on the West Coast Ben Stevens and Ariel Epstein here with you on this Thursday morning recapping game number four of the The NBA Finals, the game we shall forever know in Milwaukee as the Chris Middleton game. So, Ariel, clutch performance out of Chris Middleton last night. His point prop, by the way, entering game four on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 24 and a half. So, for Chris Middleton to score 40 on three of eight shooting from three point land, going way over that point prop last night. A sensational performance from Chris Middleton. Giannis, not so bad himself, 26 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists for Giannis. You talk about that MVP race. Well, on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, that NBA Finals MVP is getting very, very exciting. We've had a flip that we'll dissect later on in the show, but Giannis now the favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 110. But last night, the MVP of game number four, at least in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum, Ariel, no doubt it was Chris Middleton.
1: What's amazing is now you're going to get this series going on the road. You have the lines flip completely where now the Suns are favorite at minus four and a half. That's where they're setting this number at, four and a half. Maybe it goes down to four, then it goes back to four and a half. What stood out the most about the movement, the total. The total was as high as 221 last night in Milwaukee, yet now it's at 218 and a half. Last night's game went under. What surprised me is that Milwaukee is the best defense in the NBA playoffs this year. Out of all teams that made it, they're the only team that's limited their opponents when playing at home to under 100 points per game. Opponents in Pfizer Forum are scoring 99 points per game. Ridiculous what this Bucks team's been able to do defensively. Ben, I tell you this all the time. Defense doesn't get enough credit. Offense is flashy. Defense wins championships. The defense that Milwaukee's been proving in the playoffs has really been the reason for their success.
2: And they stifled most of that Phoenix Suns roster, not named Devin Booker last night. Devin Booker with 42 points. Jay Crowder had 15. But Chris Paul, a terrible game. DeAndre Ayton, only six points. Mikael Bridges was hardly even there. So a great defense from the Milwaukee Bucks. The Suns also not bad on that defensive side. Not only the game total, but the first half total going under where it was posted at 108.5, Ariel.
1: Coming up next, we're going to continue talking about what happened last night in the NBA Finals. As Ben mentioned, there was a flip in the odds when it comes to the MVP market. There was changes to series prices, and we're going to hear from more of the players. You're listening here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. on the morning after on Sports Grid, it's Sirius XM channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. I'm here at the Pendle Sportsbook where last night, I know, it was popping for the NBA Finals. It was the block heard around the world. Yesterday, just over a minute left, the all-star for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, comes up with the biggest block of the game. In fact, it saved a potential game-tying slam by DeAndre Ayton in the Sun center. It was 101-99, the Bucks were up at that point. Giannis says after the game, here's what his mindset was in that moment.
2: Just a uh, hassle play. Um, I thought I'm going to get dunked on, to be honest with you. But um, you know, going down the stretch, just do whatever, you know, it takes to win the game, you know, just put yourself in a position that can be the game and you know, uh, you know, I saw, I saw you know, I saw the play coming. So I got uh, Chris Chris Paul was throwing the lab. So I'm like, I just I'm just gonna jump. Vertical, you know, towards the rim. Hopefully, I can, you know, be there in time, and uh, I was there in time, and was able to get a good block and uh, go down and uh, get to a point. So, so it was a great hustle play.
1: That was Giannis Antetokounmpo talking about the block that he had with about a minute, 15 seconds left in the game. Not only was that big because if DeAndre Ayton did score there, it would have tied the game up at 101 apiece. It also was big for betters. This spread that the Milwaukee Bucks covered, they covered by the hook. It was minus four and a half, and they end up winning just by five points. Ben, that block helped betters as well if you were a Milwaukee backer.
2: Absolutely it did, because if it goes back and forth there down the stretch, maybe Phoenix ties the game up. Milwaukee might end up winning, but it's by two or three points. Then Phoenix covers for the 11th time so far this year as a road underdog. Also, another betting perspective for it, because FanDuel Sportsbook is giving you defensive props at times for these NBA Finals. Player blocks, player steals, a certain way to get in there. And when you look at Giannis, I love his candid nature. I love how open he is at times and able to poke fun at himself. He said in the first couple sentences of that soundbite there, he thought he was going to get dunked on by DeAndre Ayton. While DeAndre Ayton had a great night on the glass, only six points, so... Many different betting perspectives of the block heard around the world. What a lot of people are saying, if Milwaukee comes back to win this series, Giannis' is crowned NBA Finals MVP, which is plus 110 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, that could be the defining moment of Giannis's NBA career up until this point. So an incredible block last night for Giannis that really sealed the deal and spurred Milwaukee onto that win.
1: Let's flip things over to the Phoenix Sun side. Devin Booker not getting enough credit. He's the team's leading scorer. Although Chris Paul was the story for the first two games of the NBA Finals, Devin Booker comes up with a huge game. In fact, the FanDuel Sportsbook tweeted this out as soon as he hit his points prop. It took Devin Booker six minutes into the third quarter to go over his 27.5 points prop. Ben, there is no better feeling than either cashing a prop by halftime or cashing it before the fourth quarter even starts. For anyone who took the over on Devin Booker points, which I'd assume probably not many people did, Congratulations, you won.
2: <laughs> Such a beautiful feeling to sit there halfway through the third quarter, knowing whatever happens in the game happens, but at least one of your props, or maybe your only prop on Devin Booker, was done for the night, a cash ticket already. Maybe not a lot of people took the over of the 27 and a half, but if you listened to this show yesterday on the morning after Ariel, during our primetime prompt segment, even the show me the plus money for the same game parlay segment, We detailed how Devin Booker loves these bounce-back games. It was now his fifth time throughout this postseason after Game 3 where he scored only 10 points that he scored less than 20 points during these playoffs. He has bounced back in a big way. Now four of the five times. After scoring less than 20 points, Devin Booker has scored 25 or more points in that following game, including 42 last night. In those five games after scoring less than 20 points, Devin Booker is now averaging 28.4 points per game. For the Phoenix Suns' perspective, they can't afford Devin Booker to have another game where he scores less than 20 points. But just know, things moving forward, Devin Booker loves these bounce-back opportunities, did so in a huge way last night. 42 points for D. Booker. 15 points for Jay Crowder, only 10 points for Chris Paul, Ariel, who thankfully scored a bucket in garbage time to end the game to get to that double-digit threshold. But it was not a good game for the point guard and Chris Paul last night. A costly turnover of many turnovers Chris Paul has now suffered throughout these NBA Finals, Ariel. 15 turnovers. In the past three games for Chris Paul, who famously during that Western Conference semifinal series against the Denver Nuggets in which the Suns swept Denver, Chris Paul had a 41 assist to five turnover ratio. For whatever reason, these past three games for the point of God have not been great at the helm of the Phoenix Suns offense.
1: Here's where I'm annoyed already with game five. I've been loving this. Chris Paul's rebounds prop has been set at four and a half. Chris Paul has not hit the over on that rebounds prop since June 11th in that Denver Nuggets series. I bet the under yesterday, parlayed it with the under in the game, which ended up hitting a plus 223, love it. Ben, now they move it on the FanDuel Sportsbook for game five, Chris Paul three and a half rebounds. They caught on, it's ridiculous. And I gave it out to a lot of people. I told people, if you're willing to lay the juice because the under was juiced to minus 160 on Chris Paul, under four and a half rebounds. I said, go take it if you're willing to lay the juice or parlay it the way I did. It got bet a lot, I'm sure. Now the book moved it down to three and a half. It's over. Get rid of the Chris Paul under rebounds prop. But Ben, Chris Paul in the rebounds was the best fade because these are overinflated lines always for a player who was the leader for the MVP in the NBA Finals. Now we're going to see a little bit of that regression because he's no longer the favorite. As you mentioned, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: Chris Paul going under pretty much every single component of his prop market last night. Only 10 points only seven assists and only four rebounds and that's a big reason Ariel like you just alluded to right there Chris Paul is no longer the favorite in the NBA finals MVP market in fact everybody has a plus money next to their name right now but it's Giannis the favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook currently at plus 110 Chris Paul the second shortest odds at plus 170 Devin Booker crawling his way back up that leaderboard at plus 240. But entering game number four last night, Ariel, in Milwaukee, Chris Paul was still the heavy odds-on favorite at minus 240. And we noticed this early on after game two, how the NBA Finals MVP market would look very similarly to the NBA Finals series price overall. Now, while Phoenix is still the favorite to win the series on the FanDuel Sportsbook at minus 150, you have Giannis, the favorite, at plus 110. In fact, Giannis's MVP odds for the nba finals at plus 110 a slightly shorter number than the bucks to win this series at plus 115 right now on the FanDuel sportsbook so some of those odds not exactly as correlated with the nba finals mvp market as they once were earlier in the series Ariel,
1: looking at how this has flipped it's just incredible you've got the phoenix suns still favored because they are going to be going home i'm curious and as you said a lot changes when the team on the road potentially gets a win for the first time we are seeing both home teams prevail so far. The Suns go two and zero at home. The Bucks go two and zero at home. In fact, there was a point last night where I was thinking there may be a chance that the Bucks don't win this game and the Suns go up three one. I mean, yesterday in the first half, Ben, I was irritated because it ended a tie, which means I didn't get my minus two and a half on the Milwaukee Bucks first half. It was the first time that the Bucks were home favorites in the playoffs and did not cover that favorite uh, line of minus two and a half, or even um, just covering it all as a home favorite in the first half. It was the first time it didn't happen this playoff. They were 7-1-2 going into the game in the first half, covering a spread when home favorites. And now, well, 7-1-2, and two. it's not so bad. I've been asked this too. What's the difference? Why are the Suns a better second-half team? Why are the Bucks a better first-half team? It's that adrenaline that's pumping when you're getting into your home, your home arena. Ben, there was a lot of questions after being in the bubble all last year in the playoffs. No fans. Then going home, how much was home court advantage playing a role? We're seeing that it has a lot, Ben.
2: Absolutely so. I mean, the home team has now been favored in every game we have this series. And you look ahead early to the lines for game number five on Saturday night back in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix. It's the Suns' favorite by four and a half. It's not shocking by any means, but I think a big reason, Ariel, for that, it is allows the role players to play better in front of their home crowd. You saw Chris Middleton put up 40 last night. Remember in game two when Mikhail Bridges scored 27 points? He hasn't done anything in Milwaukee, so I think that's a huge advantage of why home court advantage means so much in this NBA Finals.
1: I'll probably be backing Mikhail Bridges again once he's back in Phoenix. Finally, let's get that points total down a little bit from where it got so inflated after it's series and not Phoenix. Major League Baseball talk coming up next.
0: SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
1: on the morning after on sports grid you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 with ben stevens i'm ariel epstein tonight it's the rivalry of baseball it's the yankees and the red sox granted i've got to give it to the padres and the dodgers i would much rather in 2021 be watching that series than this mess of a Yankees team. However, the Yankees will try to turn things around in the second half of the season. They are only four and a half games back of the wild card. The Toronto Blue Jays are right there too. This American League East division has always been one of the most fun ones to watch as you get down the stretch of the season. Now that the Blue Jays are better. They're on par with how the Yankees are playing this season. Then you have the Tampa Bay Rays, who are being undervalued by the marketplace despite being the reigning American League champions. Then out of nowhere, the Boston Red Sox currently leading the American League East. The Red Sox had one of the worst odds in baseball to get this far. The Red Sox were slated to finish right behind the Orioles this year in the division, according to the odds. Now, you've got the Red Sox as your favorites. Let's take a look at those division odds for the American League East. The Red Sox are at minus 115 to win the division. The Tampa Bay Rays, second-best odds, plus 155. Toronto Blue Jays, 8-1 to one to win the American League East. The Yankees, 10-1, to one, and the Orioles, well, that number's just so long that it's not even worth mentioning. Ben, when it comes to the American League East, how much do you see value in the division?
2: I think there is value. In fact, I'm looking at value on the Toronto Blue Jays of all teams because as our man Joe Pisapia says, the host of Diamond Bets, this Blue Jays team is so young and exciting that they're so young they don't even know they're really not supposed to be in this spot at this point. And Hunjin Ryu has been fantastic. Robbie Ray has been out of his mind good this year, and they have so many good pitching prospects that they can bring up into this rotation that if they add another arm by the time we get to the uh, trade deadline here at the end of the month, this Blue Jays team could make a run in this division. So when you see them at plus 800, sure, they're eight games back of the Boston Red Sox right now, and the Tampa Bay Rays are certainly there, also with a plus price next to their name right now on the AL East Division odds of the FanDuel Sportsbook. But I look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, we are getting the second half of the season underway tonight with the best rivalry in all of baseball, one of the best rivalries in all of sports with the Yankees and the Red Sox. So the focus is the American League East for today and when you look at the Boston Red Sox Ariel and where they have found themselves now through the first half of the Major League Baseball season up until the All-Star break it is certainly surprising to a lot of people to be the odds-on favorite to win the AL East was certainly not the case entering this year to be tied for the second best record in all of the American League with the Houston Astros only trailing the Chicago White Sox is certainly not where people thought they would be but Here's one thing I will say about the Boston Red Sox. Are they overperforming, especially in their starting pitching rotation? They have the fifth-best offense in all of Major League Baseball, the ninth-best release staff in all of Major League Baseball, the ninth-best starting pitching wins above replacement war. But then when you look at the combined ERA, Ariel, out of their starting pitchers for Boston, tenth-worst in Major League Baseball. So can we expect a little bit of regression there? Maybe, just maybe. Minus 115 right now to win the American League East. There's no value on the Red Sox. Could one of those teams, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Blue Jays, if they get off to a hot start here in the second half, start to make a run for the top of that division.
1: Although it's not much value either, the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 155 intrigues me more so than the Blue Jays. The way I would play the Blue Jays is to make the playoffs. Mentioned it yesterday. They're four and a half games back as well. Toronto has one of the best offenses, second best offense in Major League Baseball when it comes to batting average and OPS. Pitching, better too, Yunjin Ryu. The problem with the Blue Jays, they play in a hitter park. They're basically playing in a minor league baseball park. Not basically, they are playing in a minor league baseball park in Buffalo. That helps their offense. Not so much helpful for the pitching. The Red Sox, you're right, no value minus 115, the best odds. They were 17 to 1 to win the division preseason. Seventeen to one. The Baltimore Orioles had the longest odds at fifty to one. Yet, if you have a seventeen to one ticket because you're just a Red Sox homer and you wanted to sprinkle on it, good for you. Just keep riding that one out. Coming up next, we do have to welcome in our MSG audience. We'll talk more about this Yankees Red Sox rivalry. How have those first six games gone? Well, not in favor of the Yankees. Stay here. It's SiriusXM Channel Two Hundred Four, the Sports Grid Network. We'll be back in about fifteen seconds. And so, stay here on the grid. Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. We're also on Sirius XM channel 204 in the or 1090 on the West Coast. He's Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We were in the middle of talking about the American League East odds, how in the division the Boston Red Sox currently favored at minus 115. We've got the Red Sox in action against the Yankees. The rivalry is opening up the second half of the season for Major League Baseball. It's the only game on the slate tonight. It's the first game since the All-Star break. Somehow the Yankees are favored at home at minus 130 without even naming a starter. That's what stands out right away, Ben. The Yankees are 0-6 straight up against the Red Sox this year. They're home favorites today. No starter announced. The only starter announced is on the Red Sox side, and that's Eduardo Rodriguez.
2: How about that, right? We're talking about the second-best team in the American League, the team that leads the American League East in the Boston Red Sox. And although the Yankees do not have a starter, and sure, they're at home today to start out the second half of this Major League Baseball season, they are still the favorite at minus 130 right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Talk about a public price you will always see on the New York Yankees, even Ariel, when they're eight games back in the AL East division of those very Boston Red Sox they are playing. Even Ariel, when the Boston Red Sox have won all six games so far in this season series between these two heated rivals. The total at nine and a half as well. We'll have some early leans later in the show. Maybe some K-props. Because we're back at it. It's felt like a very long time, Ariel Epstein, since we dove through some strikeout props. None for the home run derby, naturally. None for the All-Star game, naturally. Although I wish there was some combined for the NL, who had 12 in the Midsummer Classic between all of their pitchers. But now we will have some later this evening, whenever the Yankees decide to name a starter, Ariel.
1: I cannot believe we're waiting this long. I know I can tell you this: it's not Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole started on Saturday uh, for the Houston Astros game, so it's probably not going to be him. The other thing that stands out about this matchup is that Eduardo Rodriguez has actually struck out a bunch of Yankees. He's had at least seven strikeouts in both of his starts against the Yankees this year. Again, won both those starts because the Yankees haven't picked up a win. The total is pretty pretty sharp. It's at nine and a half. The over/under on a nine and a half total for the series is three and three. There's not much of a lean there. I don't see much of an edge, Ben, in this series. The only thing I could say is I know a bunch of people in the business who think that the Yankees are just going to come out the gates firing. They're going to get the win. The sportsbook tells you that they're favorites without even mentioning who the starter is. I'm curious to see how the line moves on the Yankees when we do get a starter announced, see if it moves in their favor or against them. How much can that pitching announcement help or hurt them in the odds? Well, right now you've got the Yankees sitting at minus 130, and the Red Sox are at plus 110 on the road at Yankee Stadium. As for the Yan- Yankees and the playoff price, Ben. The Yankees to make the playoffs is now in plus money. At the beginning of the season, this team was favored to win the division by minus 220. The Yankees had the second best odds to win the World Series. The Yankees were heavily favored to go, yes, make the playoffs. Now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Yankees are at plus 138 to make the playoffs and minus 170, no. My lean here is the no. I would never bet this. I would rather just take another team to make the playoffs, like a Blue Jays plus 135 and uh, as a yes. As for the Yankees, no, minus 170, too much juice to lay. Yet there's so many comparisons I can make for this Yankees team. From now into the 2016 season, where the Yankees, that was the last time they didn't make the playoffs. The Yankees in 2016 had the worst OPS in Major League Baseball. They also were seven and a half games back of the American League East by the All-Star break. This Yankees team in 2021, they're second to worst in OPS behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they're seven or eight and a half games back of the American League East. Too many comparisons to draw between that season and this one, Ben
2: and when you look at the metrics Ariel for that offense which is the pride and joy of this pinstripe team 14th in Major League Baseball with a negative rating when you compile all of that like OPS looking percentage batting average expected batting average when you throw in WRC plus all the analytics that come out with that formula that generates who the best offense is in Major League Baseball so to be 14th At this current point, as we're about to get the second half of this MLB season underway, needs to be a lot better for the Yankees. But hopefully, people that you have been speaking to that are confident in the Yankees as the favorites today at home at Yankee Stadium against the Boston Red Sox that think they will come out firing, well, that will go a large way, hopefully, to start the momentum in a positive way for the second half of the season because it is shocking to see the heavy juice on the no for the Yankees to make the playoffs at minus 170, the plus price for the yes at plus 138 is something i didn't think we would be discussing at any point throughout this major league baseball season but especially by the time we got to the all-star break i thought we'd be talking about the yankees and maybe their battle for the top spot in the al east not being eight games behind here's the thing I do not think the Yankees are truly in play as it stands currently to win the American League East. So that means they will need to battle for an AL wildcard spot, which is a very, very jumbled race at the moment. If the season were to end today, and we are just getting the second half underway today, it would be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics representing the AL in those two wildcard spots. Then you have the Seattle Mariners, who are three and a half games back of that second wildcard spot. And then you have the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Indians, all tied with the same record four and a half games back of that second and final wild card spot in the American League. So that's why you see the juice on the no at minus 170 for the Yankees to make the playoffs, because this is going to be, Ariel, a very tightly contested race across the American League playoff picture throughout the rest of this summer into September and by the time we get to the postseason in October as well.
1: The long second half, a lot could change. Currently uh, on the Sports Sportsbook for the World Series leader, you still have the Los Angeles Dodgers at 4-1. to one. The Houston Astros plus 450, Chicago White Sox plus 850. We mentioned it last week in Market Movers. The Astros have moved significantly it's the biggest move in the playoffs as we have the Astros who went from long shots close to 10 to 1 to now plus 450 on FanDuel to win the World Series coming up next we're going to be joined by Donnie Wrightside. you just heard him here on the early line we're going to talk about everything we've got Major League Baseball what is the approach to betting these teams coming off the all-star break maybe some NFL NBA finals it's all coming up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Back on the morning after on Sports Grid, it's SiriusXM, Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining the show, you just heard him on the early line from 7 to 9 a.m. here on the East Coast. He's also on InPlay Sports tonight from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the East Coast. It's Donnie Wrightside. Donnie, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: No problem at all. Good to be with both of you. Happy to talk some sports because it wasn't long ago where this is usually a really dead time, but now we still have the end of the NBA Finals as well as the British Open going on. Nice to be with the both of you. Let's have some fun here.
1: Let's also give out some winners. And last night in the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks were those winners. They even up the series at two apiece. How do you play this now that it's going back to Phoenix?
3: Yeah, I I always was under the impression, Ariel, that this was going to be a long series, at least going six or seven games. After the Suns got up two to nothing, you know, Suns in four chance were running wild, and even when they went back to Milwaukee, you saw the very creative chance out of the fans there. Bucks in six. Well, maybe the Bucks do have a chance to win in six. I still think, Ariel, this goes seven games, but nobody has won on the opposing team's home court just yet. So I still think the Suns are going to win in Game Five. I think the Bucks will end up winning Game Six. We're going to have a wonderful Game Seven. I do think Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns will edge them out in seven games. That's still the way I'm looking, but also that's the way I looked at the approach from the beginning of the series as well. And Donnie, you mentioned it
2: right there. The NBA Finals MVP market has had some shifts. Chris Paul no longer the favorite, the second shortest odds at plus 170. But if you think Phoenix goes back on their home floor in game five and gets a win, there was a couple poor performances out of the Phoenix Suns last night. If your name was not Devin Booker, who do you think needs to be better and who would you target in the prop market for Saturday's game
3: number five? I still think it's Chris Paul. Now I think you're getting that depressed market value that we always talk about because if the Suns do win, I mean yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a plus 110. I think that's a little bit of a hedge from the sports books out here as well, figuring the fact that. If, let's just say, if game five goes to the Bucks and they might have a closeout situation in game six, instead of looking at the plus 110, you might be looking at a minus 225 or minus 250 if the Bucs have the advantage. Now, on the flip side here, I still think the narrative plays out well. Chris Paul getting back on his home court, just give me as usual 22 points, you know, 11 assists. And as long as the Phoenix Suns win, he should be the one that's going to be holding up the MVP trophy. Now, as I say that, if Devin Booker continues to drop 40 points, 45 points, and maybe 50 points in a game seven, then you to have to take a really hard look at Devin Booker, but on the flip side here, there is still a small margin that if this goes seven games and the Phoenix Suns win, but let's just say Giannis returns back to his 40-plus game performances and Chris Paul, you know, 22 points, maybe Devin Booker stays under 25 points in these final few games, that there is a chance that he could win MVP, but it's just a little bit too far-fetched, because as I'm saying that, if Giannis Antetokounmpo scores 40 points plus in these next three games, there's probably a good chance they're going to win the series anyway, and then you're going to automatically default Chris Paul and also Devin Booker on the way out there. It's an interesting market, Ben, that you do bring up, but I do agree, two to two right now now. Giannis is the superstar of the series. He has every right to be a plus 110 right now.
1: Two and two in this series with both the home teams prevailing in all four of those games. How much do you see that happening again in game five, Donnie?
3: I think the home court's going to hold again because you saw last night, and to be honest with you, The Suns let that one slip away. They had the lead, you know, heading into the the third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter, up to five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and still a tie game with two minutes left to go. The same way we're approaching the previous game, which I think the Bucs were supposed to win, obviously games three and games four, being favored. Now you flip it back on the road in game five with the Suns now the home team. They're also favored by that same margin, minus four and a half. Some of the players, you know, the outer look players let's just say the bench players for the Milwaukee Bucks played well Pat Connaughton led the way with his plus minus last night bench players usually get a boost from the home crowd so now I look for Cam Squared coming off the bench there for the Phoenix Suns And what I mean by that is Cam Johnson and campaign though both of those guys looked at big games in that environment got it not Cam Stewart yep Cam Johnson campaign yeah there you go
1: clarifying
2: Cam Stewart's got a very long way to go if he wants to go up from the Great White North all the way down to the Valley of the Sun for Phoenix. So, yeah, he's got a lot of things to do before we go to him in the prop market for game number five. Donnie, flipping the script now to Major League Baseball. We are about to get the second half of the season underway today. The Red Sox and the Yankees back in action. What is your handicapping looking like overall as you approach this second half of the season?
3: Now, we're sandwiched right in the middle of that All-Star break still. Game one's going to be tonight. Full slate returns back on Friday. And to be honest with you, over the past 10 to 15 years the hardest games for me to gauge in Major League Baseball outside of you know the first week of the season where we're playing in April, 50 degrees, 60 degrees and whatnot. You're just looking to get some pitching arms out there. Heading into the All-Star break, a lot of guys check out. I mean, this is their big break. Maybe they're going to Las Vegas, maybe they're going to the Bahamas or just looking to spend some time with their family members. Those Saturday and Sunday games are always tricky because the players are always waiting on that break for a vacation. Same case in point, getting back here. I'm sure the players are going to fly in the majority of them on Thursday to their home cities, but they were coming off a week of probably just getting away from the game of baseball. So now you take a look at these teams on Thursday night, tonight being the Yankees and the Red Sox, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I wait a few days and wait to return to Monday to actually start playing teams once they get back into the rhythm. But to a bigger case in point for the rest of the season now, it's a lot different here, Ben and Ariel, than what we started with April and May. Everybody thinks they can make the playoffs. Everybody thinks they have a chance at the World Series. But now there is a difference once the All-Star break comes up. Do we think the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to win the World Series, the Baltimore Orioles? Absolutely not. And also, let's take a look from a front office perspective here. Some teams are going to raise the white flag. So what does that tell the players in the locker room? Say, hey, our better players are leaving. We know they don't appreciate us here in the locker room and don't think we can actually make a run to the playoffs or a World Series. So why should we give maximum effort and also keep an eye on late in the season? Guys that are normally in that 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th slots in the bullpens, some of these teams that are just looking towards next year, guys, they're going to put maybe a double-A pitcher, a triple-A pitcher in a closing situation just to see what he can do and not worried about the end of the game. And that could hurt your pockets.
1: A lot changes when handicapping the second half of the Major League Baseball season. Donnie Wrightside, host on Sports Grid, joining us here on the morning after. Donnie, when it comes to capping tonight's Red Sox-Yankees game, it amazes me that the Yankees are favored at home, yet they haven't even announced a starter yet. Yankees are at minus 130, the Red Sox are on plus 110. How come the Yankees are favored without a starter out?
3: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I guess they're trying to figure out maybe Jordan Montgomery's going to go, but I did hear previously before I came on the air, you guys are so right in this one. This isn't, it's not a National League football game. It's not one of 17 games. The Yankees still have 70-plus games in the regular season left to go in the second half. So, like, must-win situations, I get a sort of a chuckle at it. it seems like a must-win situation for the Yankees. You say, well, that's the reason why they're favored. They have to win this game. But if they lose this game or win this game, they're not going to win the division or make the playoffs just based on this one game. This is more of a wait-and-see approach. For me as well, which is great on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get these games in-game live. Maybe you don't like the pitcher. Maybe you don't like the way they're coming out in the first three innings of this game. Maybe you think Boston is the right play, but you want to see Boston get down two runs in this game and then have a monster chunk and an advantage to take a dog during the game. These are the hard ones, as I said, to start up. Once we get a couple games back, we'll get that baseball feel back and see these teams back in tune with themselves. But it is interesting that, yes, the Yankees are a favorite here. Technically, not the better team since they're way back in the AL East, but catching a price of you know minus one thirty is a favorite to get the second half started.
2: Listen, folks, Donnie Wrightside, widely known as one of the best live betters around these parts, when he gives you in-game live betting suggestions you follow through and make sure you have a game plan for tonight's game between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. So, Donnie, maybe not on a game-by-game basis right now at the end of the All-Star break we dive into Major League Baseball, but it could be a good time to take a renewed look at the futures market across MLB. Where do you find value on the futures board for Major League Baseball?
3: Yeah, taking a look at more or less the division winners, Kevin and myself in the early line went over a couple interesting props, because now that you have the team totals back in the market, I assume probably only going to stay on the board for a few hours here for the second half of Major League Baseball, and this is a market that you can catch some numbers that maybe scratch your head a little bit, because when you're looking at teams to exceed their numbers, that means you're expecting a push from the front office. We talked about a little bit earlier, you want to make the moves at the deadline, getting a couple key guys on the back end of the bullpen, maybe getting another hitter in that lineup, maybe getting a front line starting pitcher that you can flip through the regular season and give yourself that boost. We took a look at one team here, which is kind of interesting, looking at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, they have deep pockets as owners. They have an unbelievable amount of surplus of talent, of prospects that they can flip for major league-ready baseball players down the backstretch of the season. But in order for them to get roughly around 100 wins, they're going to have to have a nice record. You know, somewhere around that 43 wins to 27 losses, which is doable for the Dodgers. Yes, it is. But also, case in point on that. This isn't an easy division. There aren't four walkover teams here. Now, look, Colorado's not a great baseball team, but they're one of the best home teams in Major League Baseball. Of course, the Arizona Diamondbacks, certainly not a good team. But when you're looking to fight through the backstretch of the season, you're going to be coming up playing the Padres frequently and also the San Francisco Giants. So maybe some of those numbers don't look as easy. But take a look in the futures market here, what team told us for the second half of the season for a team like the Philadelphia Phillies. 88 games they played, which means they have 74 left in the Major League Baseball season. In order for them to hit their number, of 83 total wins here on the FanDuel Sportsbook, they only have to go 39-35. and They've had a disastrous bullpen over the first half of the Major League Baseball season. If their front office says, you know what, we don't need to make drastic changes. We like the hitters in the lineup, we like the starting pitching. Let's just get two decent Major League arms in the back end, which might be enough to close an extra two to three games down the stretch, which should be enough to give the Philadelphia Phillies 40 wins or 39 wins over the back half of the season as they try to chase down the Mets.
1: Going away from the futures market and the MLB, switching into the NFL futures market, it's intriguing. I keep looking at the numbers, I'm watching how they move, Donnie, yet there's a part of me that's a little too nervous to jump in just yet because we haven't even hit training camp. What's your approach at betting the futures market in the NFL?
3: Yeah, you're trying to also tra- yeah, predict in the future the hardest thing. And, and I got to say, like, I've always tried to be truthful. It's e- I'm more of a day to day handicapper, week to week in the NFL. If you ask me team totals before the season, futures before the season, I'm more likely going to be wrong than right. But then again, that's why you're taking prices 18 to 1 and 20 to 1. Theoretically, they're not supposed to hit. That's why they're long shots. The two most interesting markets right now that we take a look at has to be the Green Bay Packers. Because, you know, every show I do or go on, I'm still under the impression that week one, Aaron Rodgers is going to be. The under center for the Green Bay Packers. So when you take a look at the market, possibly to win a Super Bowl here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, they sit at 16 to 1. Which I can't help think it's going to go lower, fifteen to ones, twelve to ones, eight to ones, seven to ones, in that fashion. If he does show up, that's a very good football team, ready made to make a run, and also getting a division that's not all that good. Detroit, Chicago, you know, Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. If Aaron Rodgers is under center and that team is healthy, they're going to have a very good record, which means they might be possibly taking down the number one overall seed in the NFC, which is the easiest pathway to a Super Bowl victory. Same thing with the Denver Broncos. That's a very good football team, but what are they lacking guys a quarterback out here you know, look if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver their numbers also improve as well two interesting markets that I'm certainly looking at here
2: so Donnie only about a minute and a half left in this segment I mentioned your acumen for live betting and on the early line you guys this week are in prime position for the open championship and to fall the golf across the pond because it starts so early do you have an approach for live betting golf that you can share
3: I actually don't have one, but Kevin and I are maybe the two biggest odds boosters out in the FanDuel Sports, but that you can have. We basically take each and every one, so we have some options here to make the cut and also win the tournament. Small wages because it's a max bet of $50, but we cheer those on. Me as a golf guy, more of a fan watching it as opposed to, Ben, trying to make some money in the open here.
1: We only have about 30 seconds. Who are you betting on in the open?
3: Jordan Spieth, come on, take it down. Five to one sitting here. As Ben said, look, I'll jump in right now. Five to one. Give me Jordan Spieth. Let's take this home, guys.
1: A lot of time left in this British Open. It just started this morning, early this morning, and Donnie Rideside right always up with you early in the morning. Catch him from 7 to 9 a.m. here on the East Coast on the Sports Grid Network and 7 to 10 p.m. here on the East Coast. It airs everywhere, but those are Eastern Standard Times. Donnie Rideside, right thank you so much for joining us this morning.
3: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Have fun.
1: Coming up next, Ben and I are going to do our fade the public poll. We're going back to the NBA. There was a major shift in the marketplace, and you, the public, you had a chance to decide which way you're going with those line moves. You're listening here on SiriusXM, channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time, right here on the Sports Grid Network. Closing out hour number one here on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on SiriusXM, channel 204, with Ben Stevens out in New York City. I'm here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Ariel Epstein. Ben, it's our Fade the Public poll. Let's get to see what the public is thinking. It's Fade the Public. Poll time. We're going to the NBA Finals because this market has shifted tremendously in favor of one player. It's the side that the public is on. Giannis Antetokounmpo is getting all the public love for who the NBA Finals MVP is going to be. The public, it is not even close. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I'm trying to get the updated ones right now, Giannis is getting about 52% of the action from the public. The next best is Devin Booker at 26%. Ben, are you fading the public that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be the NBA Finals MVP?
2: Of course I am fading the public, Ariel, because I have said, dating back to the Western Conference semifinals, you could find tremendous value on Chris Paul to be the NBA Finals MVP, given the narrative nature of the award. And for a good majority of this series, Chris Paul was the heavy odds-on favorite, even entering Game 4 last night, as long as minus minus. To 40. So I am fading the public as of that right now, and I think it's a very interesting market to look at because Chris Paul, now the second shortest odds of the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 170, yet the Phoenix Suns are still the favorite in a tied-up series at two apiece to win the NBA Finals Championship at minus 150. So if the Suns win and Chris Paul can get back to being a little bit more point-god-like in game number five, I still think Chris Paul will be the NBA Finals MVP when all is said and done.
1: You are right, the market's not really correlated correctly on FanDuel because you do have the Phoenix Suns who are favored to win the NBA Finals at minus 150. However, in the player futures market, Giannis has the best odds to win MVP. What we know in the MVP market, you have to win the NBA Finals in order to be named the MVP. Chris Paul has the second-best odds, plus 170. Devin Booker at plus 240. Coming up next in hour number two here on the morning after, we're going to dive into what happened in women's hoops yesterday. There was one of the biggest moves in the history of gambling, and it still wasn't enough. It's SiriusXM Channel 204, the Grid Network.
2: Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like We do. Do you like winning? What a coincidence.